It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customers. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington. Broadcasting from the Eagle Broadcasting Studios in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. This is your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. A couple of weeks ago, we moved to Wednesday nights, not to avoid a conflict with Southern Miss softball on Tuesday nights and sometimes Wednesday nights. They're on right now on the score 1400 a.m., in the fifth inning, the Lady Eagles lead the Lady Tigers of Jackson State 21-5. to So hopefully they can hang on and get another win on this season to put them above 500. We'll talk more about softball later on in the show. If you want to check out previous episodes, go to the archives. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. We've got them all out there for you to listen to. Some great interviews in the past. If you're a Southern Miss fan... We're doing this for you, man, just to give you another option to keep up with the Golden Eagles and and make it a little easier to get through your drive or get through your day. A little bit of news before we get started. My next show is a doozy. I will actually be at the Hard Rock in Biloxi on Saturday, April the 8th. I'm opening for Jim Brewer from Saturday Night Live fame as well as uh, Half-Baked. If you're into that cult classic of a movie. So really excited about that show. Come out and see me down at the Hard Rock Biloxi a week and a half from tonight. Also some sad news. We lost a couple of Golden Eagles recently. Most recently, uh, former uh, well Southern Miss fan Jimbo Berry. I mean, he it was the epitome of Southern Miss fans. I mean, like this guy, is he was just a landmark for being a Golden Eagle fan. I can still hear his voice, Eagles! <laughs> like in between chants and cheers. If you knew him, you knew he was a character. If you didn't know him, you probably knew who he was, especially if you came out to basketball games in the past 20 years. So um, condolences to the Barry family on, on their loss, as well as Ed Justly. Ed Justly, man, a Southern Miss fan, me and him bannered back and forth on the board for years. Sat down and talked with him at a tailgate one time, and, and, and man, had some great stories, especially about his time where he – was he was working for I think WDAM and he went down to cover Hurricane Camille in 1969. It was like him and two other guys. They 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 did not anticipate the storm being as strong as it was. He stayed the whole time. A lot of the classic footage you have, I mean, he was in on that. So the guy had some great stories. Great Golden Eagle. He passed away a couple of weeks ago. So two guys that just kind of stand out in my mind as, as true Golden Eagle fans. Thoughts, prayers, nothing but positive vibes to to their families. This last Sunday, March the 26th, was the 30-year anniversary of Southern Miss's victory over LaSalle to win the 1987 NIT championship. Wow. I remember, I mean, when I was seven years old, that team was my life. I collected the cards. <laughs> I remember during that LaSalle game, going to my room during halftime, I had like a little Golden Eagle um, backboard that hung on my door, and I tried to make as many baskets as I could to try to help. 
And I don't know if it did or didn't, but they won. So what do you think about that? But, I mean, one of the – man, I just – I would rather have met Casey Fisher than Michael Jordan when I was a kid. No kidding. Love those guys. It was a treat to see them a couple of years ago. I think it was the 25th anniversary. They came back to Reed Green Coliseum, and they did a kind of like a, a little luncheon at Mugshots that day. Got to go around, shake everybody's hand, got them to sign a poster for me. It was awesome. Seven-year-old Jamie would have been – he wouldn't have known how to contain himself. It was, it was really a treat, really a treat. Well, I got a guest on the show today. I hadn't had a guest in a few – well, I've had Jason Bailey, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend. But today, I have got a former two-sport athlete for the Golden Eagles. You may remember him for his just ridiculous home runs and running his mouth every time he took the field in football. I mean, I there may have been bigger guys than this guy, but none of them could block him. None of them could contain this guy. He was a, a beast. He was an animal. He went on to play. Four years for the San Diego Chargers, leading them in sacks one of those years. One of my favorite players, one of my favorite people. I mean, he's a, he's a family. He came to my grandfather's funeral. I mean, just a super guy, just exudes positivity, exudes black and gold. If we had, gosh, just more than one DeQuincy Scott, I mean, imagine what this world would be like. Just an incredible, uh, incredible guy. Real excited to have him on the program. We're going to play that interview for you after the break. That's right. My guest, none other than DeQuincy Scott, DQ, the mouth of the South. He's a legend. It was really cool to see him get inducted in, into the M Club Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. I can't think of too many more guys that, that would have been deserving. So, after, like I said, after the break, we're going to come right back with more To The Top Talk. And our guest, former Southern Miss defensive lineman slash first baseman slash DH, DeQuincy Scott. Come right back to us. Welcome back to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Just got an update in that softball game. Lady Eagles defeat the Lady Tigers of Jackson State 21-5. to So, another win for the Southern Miss softball team. All right, my guest today. We've got a special treat today, you guys. This is one of my, one of my favorite Golden Eagles of all time. One of, the, one of the biggest personalities, one of the best personalities one of the nicest guys you're going to meet. Such a joy to watch him play the game with the enthusiasm that he played it with. Played defensive line for the Golden Eagles from 1997 to 2000. He signed as a free agent with the San Diego Chargers to make the roster. Stayed there for four years. Also played baseball while at Southern Miss. We're going to get into all that. So please welcome my guest today, DeQuincy Scott. All right, I am here with former two-sport two athlete at Southern Miss, DeQuincy Scott. How you doing tonight, DQ? Doing good, buddy. Doing good. Good to talk to you, man. You and I have something in common. We bro- both grew up as sons of preacher men. What was it like growing up in the, in the Scott household? 
And actually, it was pretty good. Uh, you know, my father was kind of a laid-back guy. And, uh, you know, a guy that imparted a lot of wisdom and uh, was a man of, of good character and stature. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was fun. Uh, it was loving. And uh, we, we enjoyed our, our, our lifetime together as brothers and sisters and family uh, and as, as children. So we had a good time. Man. We, had a good, we had a lot of fun. Well, you played at East, John's, East St. John High School um, in Louisiana. How did you end up at Southern Miss? Um, uh, coach, oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, he was a tight end coach at the time. Coach Fobb came to my house, uh, when I was in Louisiana and, um, he ended up, uh, giving a good spiel about Southern Miss to, you know, my family and my mother and my father and, uh, ended up trusting him. Uh, and, you know, from there, the rest was history. It became a Golden Eagle. What was it like playing for Coach Bauer? Oh, man, enjoyed it. Coach Bauer was a guy, was a good teacher. Uh, he was a, uh, probably, you know, college, one of college's greatest head coaches, uh, in my opinion, uh, one of the best men I've ever known, um, a great overcomer, a man of character, uh, pride. And, uh, he, he, he taught us to, to be resilient and to persevere and to, um, you know, he coached us to be champions. And that's what we were. Well, it didn't take you long to see the field when you got to Southern Miss in 1997. You were named to the all freshman team. What was that freshman year like at Southern Miss? It was fun. Uh, I had fun. Every year I played football was fun. Um, I don't think it was a time that I didn't have fun. I enjoyed my time there. And uh, a lot of a lot of friends, a lot of uh, coaches came through. And, uh, you know, we, we enjoyed our time together. And winning actually helped that, too. So Absolutely. we were winning, too. Well, you, were, you played at a time, I mean, 97 to, what, 2000, where, I mean, it was a winning season every year. You get two conference championships out of that time. And you got to play with some – ridiculous athletes yes man i got an opportunity to play with guys such as uh you know todd pinkson Darius thomas uh cedric scott um you know Derek nix john nix delroy stewart man uh, we had guys that were you know tj slaughter we had guys i mean that were really 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 good athletes and guys that got an opportunity to play at the next level so you know that just tell you what type of caliber of people that we had on our team during during that freshman year, uh, the Golden Eagles won the conference championship and uh, ended up taking on Pittsburgh in the Liberty Bowl. What was that Liberty Bowl experience like that first time in 1997? Man, that was fun until I uh, did something. My fast shot. I was on crutches for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that was fun until that then. But I think we won that game 41 to seven, and uh, you know I, I think that was the score we yeah. was dominated the whole time, um, and it was actual joy to be able to go to Memphis and stay at the Peabody and watch the Ducks come down the uh, <laughs> elevator and to have a good time out there and to win the football game. That's what, that was the main focus. We talked about you being a, a two-sport athlete. How did you manage playing football and baseball while at USM? Uh, it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was tough. It was, it was really tough to be able to do both. Um, to be, you know, when most guys' days ended at 3 o'clock or 3.30, my day ended at 10.30. Um, pretty much. So, you know, to go from football practice to baseball games, um, but to put in that work to be a two sport athlete was, uh, was man, it was, it was incredible for me because I don't think it was anybody else that had ever done it at Southern Miss. I don't believe, I don't know for sure, but, uh, to be able to, 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 to take on that challenge was, it was tough, but it was very rewarding. Uh, and I, I, I really give credit to, uh, Coach Bauer for, for for seeing the person who I was to be able to um you know to 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 take on that responsibility and still be able to 
do my football duties as well. So, you know, he gave me that opportunity. Uh, I'm so glad that after my junior year, he told me I didn't have to come to spring practice anymore, and I was so grateful to him for that. <laughs> well, I remember your weight. Your weight was all over the map. I mean, you'd have to drop way down for baseball and then bulk back up for football. Yeah, that sucks. Um, <laughs> say the least. I mean, it just, it really did. Uh, you know, I went from two, what is, 260, 265, whatever it is, to like 240 or whatever. And, uh, you know, Coach Palmer wouldn't let me in the weight room. He said, I didn't, he didn't want me to lift weights. He didn't want me to touch a weight. He didn't even want me to look at a weight. So, you know, I was just kind of, you know, that guy that kind of sat on the sidelines until I was able to kind of get my swing together uh, and kind of get in baseball shape to, because to go from football shape to baseball shape is, uh, or vice versa is totally, it's two different, two different games. I mean, that's, that's, you know, baseball is kind of laid back. Football is in your face and, and very aggressive. And so, you know, we, we, I, I made the adjustment and was able to uh, persevere and to, uh, you know, do, do okay at both. You played uh, first base, DH. What was it like playing for Corky Palmer? It was easy to me. You know, you know, most guys saw him as a guy that was critical of them, and, you know, a lot of people didn't see him like I saw him. You know, I, I didn't have a problem with any of the coaches. Any game is simple. When you put more pressure on yourself than the coach can ever put on you, uh, it requires you require more of yourself than they require of you, and they see that hard work. They see that effort that you're putting in. Um, even when you make mistakes, you can overcome those mistakes simply by hard work a lot of times, and your attitude plays a big part in what you're doing. So, you know, they are, uh, it was, to me, it was probably, you know, one of the easiest coaches to play for, you know. So I didn't, I didn't need motivational tactics anyways. <laughs> I was self-motivated. <laughs> I was thinking back to some of the times, you know, when you played baseball, and, like, the play that sticks out in my mind, and, I, and I'm sure it does a lot of people – was I think we were playing in a, a regional in Tuscaloosa, maybe, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm not sure the ball has has landed yet from that game. I mean, you went full yard on that one. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. I do, man. I, I, it's not many that I remember. Uh, it's only a few that I remember. I know that I remember. And, uh, you know, that was one of them because, you know, even at my time now living uh, in, in, in a different city, people still come up to me. And they find out who you are, and it's like, you remember you did this and did that and hit this ball at Alabama? I'm like, how did you know that? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> it's like, where did that come from? Uh, but, you know, people, people remember those types of things. Um, that was a, you know, I think it was our first regional in a long time. And, uh, you know, we, we came up short uh, in the regional member. We put forth a great effort. Uh, we, we actually committed to becoming winners, and we did that uh, through a lot of hard work. Uh, which everybody works hard, but there were some details that come along with hard work that you have to uh, adhere to. And if you don't, you know, you, you can find yourself on a losing end. So uh, we did those things. I had a great team. Uh, and, you know, I was able to help our team get to that position. So, you know, home runs come and they go. But I, I do remember that one. <laughs> uh, I think that ball was over my head, too, and I swung and hit it that far. I, I, did, I could not believe that. <laughs> Back to football. 1998, you know, the Golden Eagles fall short of repeating as conference champions, and you ended up in the Humanitarian Bowl in Boise, Idaho. What was it like playing in that game? That was the worst game I've uh, been in my <laughs> lifetime. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm just going to be real. I mean, no, I yeah. That, you know, it was, you know, and I think we were winning that game, and we ended up losing. Um, and, you know, it just goes to show you, you know, that, that pie called humble pie doesn't taste good after a while, you know, but you know, the attitude was not all that great for, you know, a lot of guys. And, 
you know, uh, to go that far and that distance, uh, it's, to me, it was still football. It was really cold football, by the way. Uh, it was really cold out there. Uh, that was not normal. I don't think people should play football in those type of temperature, temperatures. But <laughs> we did. And, uh, you know, we ended up coming up short. Uh, but we learned, I learned, you know, a lot from it. Um, I learned you never take anybody lightly. Um, and I think, you know, Borders was a great program at that time, up and coming program. And, you know, we kind of allowed them to put themselves on the map by beating us. In 1999, you come back, win the conference championship, and, you know, that was my first year at Southern Miss. And, and one of the games that really sticks out to me, I mean, we had some great wins that year, but one of the losses, the game against Nebraska, I mean, I, I think we came in there and, and they didn't really show us much respect when we got out there. But by the time we left, it was a totally different ball game. Oh, yeah, man. And that was, um, you know, that was one of our best games, I think, defensively. Uh, you know, speaking for the defense, uh, we, we, we actually came out with a different type of attitude. I still remember that game. I still remember the score was like 21 to six and we gave up 173 yards of total offense to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And I think they were averaging like three or 400 yards a game or something ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, when we, I remember when we, when we left the field, uh, we got a standing ovation and they were chanting USM. So, you know, uh, you know, we put forth a good effort. We just, we just came up short, man. We just came up short, which was a tough, man. It was tough to go out there and we had an opportunity had many opportunities to be able to beat that, that team, a team, you know, Nebraska Cornhuskers has been a team that's been on the winning uh, side for a long time. And, you know, we came up short though. I may be wrong on this, but I think coach Bauer called you like the mouth of the South or something. Did you, I, you were always jawing. I mean, you could watch that little helmet just nod all game long. and <laughs> just run in your mouth. I mean, what was your, what was your mentality like out there on the field? Well, we, we were having a personal, we were having personal conversations from time to time uh, with the other team. Uh, you know, we were, we were talking about the birds and the bees and stuff, you know, so just, just stuff, just, you know, just normal stuff that people conversate about on a daily basis. Uh, some things were not really, uh, you can't mention, some things are not meant to be said on TV or in the face of a camera or anywhere else. But, you know, during that time, uh, you know, John was a, was a part of who we were, who we were at the time. Uh, we had the attitude that if, you know, we're not only going to talk about it, but we're going to be about it. Uh, you know, we, we were not a team that was not just going to, we're going to let you know that we were going to beat you by telling you and then go out on the field and do it. And we had that mentality. We had that attitude. I know, you know, speaking for the defense, man, we just, you know, there was no, uh, backing down. It doesn't matter who we play. Where we play, um, you know, because to us, the field doesn't matter. I don't care where we go. Uh, football is still the same. There is no such thing as home field advantage to me or to us. Who cares where we go and play? I, I've never seen a fan come in and make the 12th or 13th man. Never. There's only 11 on the field at one time. We, we had the attitude that we were the 11 that was going to make a difference. And that's what we did. I remember one of those games. I can't remember if it was, it was your junior or senior year. We are playing East Carolina. And I think they called you with like, I don't know, it was a personal foul or a hold or whatever. And then you turned right around and like caused and snatched up a fumble like the next play. Do you remember that exchange? I, I actually don't. I remember playing East Carolina, but I don't remember that exact exchange. Um, but you say it happened, it happened. Well, you, I, I just remember you were, you were, you were fired up because I mean, I don't know what the call was on the refs, but I mean, you just were like, all right, well, I'm going to come back and take this ball right back from you, you know? Um, oh, I do remember that. I think I took the ball out the running back hand, just kind of snatched the ball away from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I do remember that. Um, I don't remember what happened before that. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, you know, you kind of, I guess I kind of lost my mind at that play right there. You know, you kind of tendency, you kind of have this tendency to kind of lose your mind after, you know, if you feel like you've been done wrong, you know, somebody has really, really <laughs> done you something that they shouldn't have. And I guess I felt like the ref did that. And, you know, you, you kind of take it upon yourself to make plays, uh, and to make things happen, but you do it within the scope of the defense and within the scope of the game in which it's supposed to be played. You played with some. You I mean you played for some great defensive minds back there, John Thompson. You know Dave Walmack. What was it like playing defense for those guys? Oh man, it was fun. That we had a defense where we were not, we were never still. Uh, we were always moving. You never know where we're going to come from. Um, and those guys always had a game plan implemented to the to to something that that you know to to our stature, to our stature, to to the guys that were on the field. And we were all over the place. I mean, you never know where we were coming from. And they always had something different um, and something that we had to learn. And, and we were able to handle what they were throwing at us. So, you know, hopefully it made their job easier. Um, and, you know, now that I think those guys are still coaching now. So, you know, they, they have, they've gone on and, and, and still trying to implement what they're doing. I don't think they're doing a lot of movement uh, these days when it comes to defense. But, you know, that just goes to show you the type of guys that we had on our team that were able to, excel at moving before the ball was even snapped, but yet be able to get to the place or position where they need to be in order to make, make the play happen or to order in order to fulfill their, their gap or, or, or their, their coverage or whatever it is that they were called upon to do. So I, I give, I definitely give credit to those guys for what they did for us. Your senior year, first team all conference USA, the Golden Eagles have a winning season. You finish up in the Mobile Bowl against, I believe it, they were the undefeated TCU Horn Frogs and, uh, a future, yeah. future teammate of yours was, was playing for them. And I think you, you got, uh, injured, what, early in the game, but the Golden Eagles still came out and, and won the game. Yeah, I think I, I broke my forearm in the last, uh, game of the year. It was, uh, Mobile Bowl and we played, uh, uh, one of the greatest, you know, greatest players of all time as far as running backs are concerned, LaDainian Tomlinson. And not only that, a great man of character, uh, great guy to play with, great teammate. Um, this guy, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we gotten together on several occasions and used to go and hang out with him and man, but it was a, you know, a game where, you know, one of my teammates hit me on the forearm and I ended up breaking my forearm and that was all she wrote. After you finished your senior year, you ended up signing as an undrafted free agent with the San Diego Chargers, stayed with them for, what is that? Three or four seasons. What was that free agent process like? Because a lot of people they think, oh, it's it's great to be drafted, but when you're a, when you sign as a free agent, sometimes you can pick where you want to go and, and find the best fit. Well, I mean, you know, for for me, um, you know, I only had two teams to call, which was the, the Chargers and the San Francisco and the Forty Niners. Uh, so, you know, the Chargers called first, and uh, you know, this is way hour after the draft. Uh, I remember actually saying a prayer uh, to the Lord that I just wanted an opportunity to play. And as soon as I finished that prayer, you know, my agent came outside and said, well, you know, the Chargers just called and said, you know, would you like to be a Charger? I said, yeah, no, I really would. And I got that opportunity. And, uh, you know, I took advantage of that opportunity. Um, and I got, that's what I prayed for. I got a chance. And that's all you can ask for as a free agent. You just want an opportunity uh, because there are so many guys that are out there that are so talented and so gifted. Uh, and a lot of guys are overlooked simply because of where they played or, or, you know, uh, who they are because they don't have the big name. And you're starting to see a lot of these guys who are free agents are starting to excel in the NFL. Uh, you can look at the Patriots. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, they, 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 they plug them in anyway. And I love that about them. 
um, that they can plug me in anywhere. But it, it's a tough process because you don't know whether you're going to get an opportunity or not. Uh, you just hope and pray for the best. You get to play with some, I mean, some legends in San Diego. I mean, San Diego yeah. was kind of back on the come up. I mean, but talk about guys like Junior Seau, Drew Brees. Man, those two guys. Uh, I played with Drew Brees, Rodney Harrison, Junior Seau. Um, those three guys are Hall of Famers, period. Absolutely. <laughs> Junior Seau is the smartest player I have ever played with in my whole entire career. Uh, he kind of took me under his wing for the two years that I got to play with him. Uh, you know, he, he was a guy that was relentless. Him and Rod used to work out together and, you know, I get in there time and time with them and just kind of mimic what they do because if they can play the game at such a high level, I want to know what they're doing and how should I approach the game and uh, what is my mindset when I get, get on the, onto the field. So, you know, I learned so much from them. Um, they taught me how to be a professional. Um, and we just kind of, Click from there, and uh, you know he 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 was definitely a guy that has missed, um, a guy that was that was a phenomenal player, uh, and these guys are guys that are and Drew's still playing now, still excelling. Uh, Ron is doing broadcasting, but man, you know these guys have definitely played a you know great role in my life, and it was a great impact on on me. Well, you know, you, you saw the field ten games your first year, your second year, you actually led the Chargers in sacks with six and a half sacks. What made you such such a relentless pass rusher? No clue. Have no clue. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I man, look. You know, football is a game where you can get sacks in a hurry. You get a bunch of them, or then you can have none. Um, but you know, I didn't change whether a sack didn't change me, uh, pressure didn't change me, uh, uh, you know, making a big play didn't change me because when I play, I worked hard no matter what. Um, so. You know, it was just the time that, you know, I was able to be blessed to have to, to get to the quarterback a few times. Um, you know, and it's not just me. It's the guys that were around you that actually caused you to, to have, actually get those sacks a lot of times, you know, through stunts or, or different movements or different things like that. So, you know, it was, it was, I, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to be able to, a guy from, from Laplace, Louisiana grew up on a dirt road in a dirt road trailer park from Laplace, Louisiana to be able to have an opportunity. And to be able to, you know, to say I was going to lead the, the team in sacks, that was, you know, that was just beyond my wildest imagination. So, but I'm grateful to have that. I was grateful to have that opportunity. Well, did you have a favorite player to sack? Mm, no, it didn't really matter. Did it was? The quarterbacks. Yeah, it doesn't matter. matter. Um, you know, we, you just want to get to the quarterback. Um, you don't have uh, the option to say, okay, yeah, I want to get to this the guy much much I want to go a little bit harder because this guy is playing or that guy no you go hard regardless and if he's back there you can get to him you hit him <laughs> yeah right <laughs> really hard <laughs> what's your favorite memory of your time uh, playing with the Chargers I don't have like a you know a favorite memory um you know we we I used to um I used to have a teammate called Marcellus Wiley uh you know we used to you know conversate and hang out a little bit uh wild style <laughs> uh <laughs> But it, it just being there uh, was memorable in itself. Uh, just I look back and I see these guys where I played with Tim Dwight, uh, guy on offense. Um, uh, I forgot the other guys, uh, the wide receiver. Uh, oh my goodness, Keenan McCardell. Yeah. Um, Drew Brees and Ladanian Thomason. and man, you know Drew, um, Junior Seau, Rodney Harrison. Not many people have the opportunity or can say that they played with these Hall of Famers, and I can. 
And I, you know, I, I cherish that. I, I'm thankful for that opportunity. Uh, I was thankful when I was there and I look back on it now and it's like, you know, I really got a chance to be with these guys and I can show my children and say, look, I played with that guy right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You, you spend five years in the league. Well, how difficult was the transition leaving football? Uh, for, for me, it was, it was tough at first, you know, because that's what you know how to do. This is, this has been your life, uh, for the longest four years. And, you know, it's hard to, to turn your back on something that you know, um, something that you have been committed to, something that has been a lifelong dream, uh, something that your attitude propels you and, and, and it seeks you and it seeks you out. And it's like, you know, it, it get, it's a hunger that's in you that says that I want to do this. Uh, even when nobody's looking, when it's time to work out, when it's time to do this stuff in the off season. Um, so it was really tough for me to, to, to turn my back, uh, or to leave the game. But I think that lasted for about two days. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, the first day, yeah, like, okay, I'm done. I actually was in tears. And I told my wife, I still remember sitting on my countertop telling my wife I was done. And, uh, it, you know, the next day, oh well, tighten up the bootstraps, let's go do something else. <laughs> hey man, we don't we don't sit around and waddle in in the mud. <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta get out of there. And go do something else. <laughs> well, in in 2014, you were inducted into the M Club Hall of Fame at Southern Miss. What did that mean to you? It meant that I was given an opportunity and to accomplish. Uh, to leave a lasting impression on people, upon people, and to make a mark that nobody can erase. And for me to uh, be given that chance and to be able to make that mark and to have someone reward you for making the mark, um, that to me is a great accomplishment. That to me is something that cannot be taken away. Uh, it's etched in the, in the history uh, for me. Uh, and I, I love the fact that I did it with, with hard work, with character, uh, with integrity, uh, with honor. And, um, you know, I am so grateful to uh, the M Club and USM for, for allowing me. And never in my wildest dream, I, I never thought I would have been inducted to this Hall of Fame. Never, ever. Um, you know, because I don't really, I'm not a person that really, really looking for accolades or looking for, um, you know, the gifts or the give to give credit to me for something because I'm not the only one out there playing, you know, but I am thankful that, um, you know, that somebody saw something in me that says that this guy uh, deserves to be in the history books. And I'm thankful for that. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. DQ, um, before I let you go, do you have any final words for the Southern Miss fans out there? Oh man, just keep trying to get to the top. Um, there are so many things that come against you uh, as far as football is concerned. Go out, have a good attitude, and do little things, and I, I promise you, you can accomplish anything uh, that you want that you set out to accomplish. Welcome back to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. If you've been listening to the show, my guest tonight, DeQuincy Scott. If you missed it, go go to iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Go check it out. You're going to love it. If you're a Southern Miss fan, how could you not love that interview? 
All right, baseball. Right now, the Golden Eagles are up 3-1 to one on the UNO Privateers in the third inning. Eagles about to go to bat. Let's talk baseball. Last Friday, March the 24th, the Golden Eagles defeated Marshall in Game 1, 5-3. That game went 11 innings. Then they turned right around again and uh, took the field at the Pete for another 10-inning game. This time, Marshall coming out with the edge, 8-7. to seven. Yeah, there was, I think there was a, some questionable uh, officiating. Is it officiating or umping? I, I don't know. But it was it was questionable on that game. But no, making no excuses, Marshall was was very game this weekend. Uh, Mason Irby, one run, three hits, one RBI in that game. Taylor Braley, two runs, two hits, and one RBI as well. Then on Sunday, the Golden Eagles hit Marshall with the old 10-run rule after Dylan Bordeaux's two-run double in the eighth inning. Hayden Roberts... I uh, got the win to improve to three and one, pitching uh, seven and one thirds innings, giving up three runs on five hits, seven strikeouts, and three walks. Then last night, Tuesday, March the twenty eighth, Southern Miss defeated South Alabama four to two. Taylor Braley improves to three and zero on the year with the win, six and one thirds innings pitch, giving up five hits, two earned runs with seven strikeouts. Dylan Bordeaux and Matt Walner. Led the way with two hits apiece. Matt Walner also getting some time on the mound as well. This guy is just amazing. If you haven't been to a Southern Miss baseball game, Matt Walner himself is worth the price of admission. I mean, an absolute savage out there. We got some great players. I mean, there's plenty of great players on this team, but to be a true freshman, the way he's playing, it's just it's a treat to get to watch him play. And like I said, right now, Golden Eagles up three to one on the UNO Privateers. And, uh, this game, this show will be over by the time <laughs> and that game will still be going on. But as of right now, the Golden Eagles 20 and five on the year, five and one in Conference USA. And the RPI as of today sits at 25. Great stuff. We can just keep the party going. You never know what'll happen. Golden Eagles uh, moved up in the polls. Uh, a few more polls as of right now, they're ranked 23rd in, in at least one of them. I, th- I don't remember which one of them isn't showing us respect, but we're not in all the polls, but we're in some of them. So we'll, we'll take what we can get. Sometimes being that underdog, it it gives us a little more fuel. Sometimes when when we're actually like getting our respect, we kind of lay down. So whatever works, whatever works to to win more baseball games this season, at least make regionals. Hopefully, win a conference championship. Would love to go back to Omaha this week, this Friday, the Golden Eagles. March 31st, we'll begin a three-game series at Western Kentucky in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, First game at 5 p.m., then on Saturday, April the 1st. Game is at 1 p.m. I hope that's not some kind of April Fool's joke. And then on Sunday, April the 2nd, at Western Kentucky again at 1 p.m. Then, next Tuesday night, the Golden Eagles will take on the Ole Miss Rebels at 6.30 p.m. in Pearl, Mississippi, at Trustmark Park. If you're in the area or if you're in driving distance, go out support the Golden Eagles. Always a great time at Trustmark Park. And softball this week. Last Wednesday, the Lady Eagles defeated South Alabama 2-1 March 22nd. Then on Saturday, they uh, fell to UTEP 12-2 in five innings and then turned around and beat the Miners 6-2 in the second game on Saturday. Then on Sunday, Southern Miss 6, UTEP 1. So the Lady Eagles get the series from the Miners. Then last night, uh, Southern Miss falls to Mississippi State 
three to two. Then today, right before this broadcast, the Lady Eagles turn around, defeat Jackson State twenty-one to five, improving to seventeen and sixteen on the year, three and six in conference USA. This Saturday, doubleheader with uh with Marshall at home. Games at 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. And then on um, Sunday at 1 p.m. against the Marshall Thundering Herd as well. Next Tuesday, April the 4th, they'll be taking on Mississippi Valley State at 6 p.m. And Wednesday, they will be at South Alabama at 6 p.m. on April the 5th. Not much to report in football news this week. Spring practice is still going on. Of course, I have not been out there, but I'm hearing good things. Uh, A number of players. Spring game. Only a few weeks away, Saturday, April the 22nd. So make your plans to come out to that. I need to get my tickets for the brunch, for the Champions Brunch. I had an absolute blast last year. I don't even know who's speaking at it this year, but I want to go regardless. Also, Jeff Bauer is one of the uh, coaches, the honorary coaches. So that's worth the price of admission in itself. And I think the game is usually free, but it's, <laughs> I didn't mean that to sound like it sounded, but yes, you got to come see coach Bauer. So come on out. Me and Southern Miss black ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey will be out there taking in all the festivities. Always a good time. You can't miss uh, that weekend. You just can't. I'm sorry. Great, great. <laughs> it's a great time. To be a Golden Eagle for sure. I need to, who are we playing in baseball that week? I guess I could look it up. I'm sitting here right in front of the computer. That's always a fun weekend. If you're out of town, come to town for that weekend. That will be the weekend, I guess, of uh, April the 22nd. We got one more segment right here on To the Top Talk on News Radio 98.1 FM in Hattiesburg. Come right back to us. To the top. back to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Let's shut it down. Special thanks to my guest tonight, DeQuincy Scott. Really a treat to talk to DQ. I hope you're doing well, my man. You, he is not on Twitter, I don't think so. <laughs> but you can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. If you want to keep up with my comedy at Hub City Comedy in and around the, the Southeast. We've, we've got our big show, our big Last for Life show is going to be coming up in a couple of months. Got a huge announcement on that in probably about a month and a half. So stay tuned. We're going to be, be bringing a huge comedy show to Hattiesburg. It's going to be a lot of fun. Follow us on Facebook as well. To the Top Talk, Jamie Arrington Comedy, Hub City Comedy, also, you can follow The Score 1400 AM and WMXI. My next comedy show is going to be next Saturday, April the 8th, at the Hard Rock in Biloxi. It starts at 8 p.m. Tickets are still available. Go online, get them. I'm going to be there with Jim Brewer. You may have seen him on SNL. You may have seen him in the movie Half-Baked. Hilarious guy. It's going to be a family show, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know. Come on out. Have a good time. It's going to be a great time at the Hard Rock in Biloxi. I'm really looking forward to playing that room. I've heard nothing but good things. You know, the first time that I actually went to the Hard Rock, this is not a joke. The first time I went to the Hard Rock, I was uh, covering a fight. It was HBO fight was happening at the Beau Rivage, and 
next door they were having tough man so like the athletic commissioner told us you know hey you guys want to go next door and check this out i'd never seen a tough man contest but we go and it's basically like anybody can go in there and fight and i'm not kidding this guy walks into the ring full waffle house garb had his shirt he unbuttoned his waffle house shirt took off his waffle house hat he came to fight on his break and he gets scattered smothered and covered by this Guy who's all seven of his kids were cheering for him on the second row. The Waffle House guy recoups, buttons his shirt back up, puts on his Waffle House hat, heads back to work. Man, what a trooper. <laughs> it was, it was back to, uh, just want to talk a little bit about Jimbo, man. That was kind of came out of nowhere. I think he had a catering service and, um, it just, man, it just seems kind of unreal to me because, that guy, Southern Miss, through and through. You're not, he was almost like an unofficial mascot for the team. You could see him, all the athletic events, especially when I was in college. I mean, he was there at everything. You know, you saw him driving around making deliveries on campus. And, and I guess it kind of hit me a little harder than I kind of expected. I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years. Um, but man, thoughts and prayers, positive vibes go out to his family. I know a lot of Golden Eagle fans that have a lot of great stories about this man. So, Man, he truly, he's been missed because I hadn't seen him in a while, but truly, truly going to be missed from all of us here in the black and gold community, especially right here at To The Top Talk. All right, make sure you guys follow us on all the social media sites. Go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Check out the archives. We got a lot of great episodes. Subscribe. We're going to have even more great episodes ahead. You want to be the first to get them? I usually post these uh, later in the evening after we record this show. So go give us a rating. Give us a review. Share with your friends. Spread the black and gold gospel. That's what we're trying to do here at To The Top Talk. Your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. Talk.